friend to the podcast now. So uh, welcome to Sessions with Mary Jane. I am Brendan. And I'm Jordan. And I'm Rena. And thank you for choosing to listen to an LMH Studios podcast, Sessions with Mary Jane. Continue watching and listening to all of our stuff, including this episode, which we have uh, a wonderful guest coming on. Please welcome Harry Walliner. Thanks for being on the podcast, Harry. Of course, yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, where specifically are you calling from right now? Not, not your GPS coordinates, but like big. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, fr- I'm living in Los Angeles right now, and I'm in my living room. And so if you hear any noises, we're right on the main road. So you might hear a car drive by, but hopefully that won't ruin the audio oh. entirely. What neighborhood are you in? Uh, it's called Highland Park. It's kind oh. of like the, the trendier neighborhood, but it still has a feel of like... A lot of like locals still live here, and I, I like every day I like walk through the neighborhood. I feel bad because I know it's like I'm definitely adding to the gentrification problem, but I also like it's kind of hard to want to live anywhere else. Like LA is fine, but like this neighborhood is just like we want to start a family soon, so it's kind of like the perfect neighborhood for it. And like my brother recently moved to Eagle Rock, which is like six minutes away, so it's nice to just have this neighborhood and plus it's just like it's one of the few walkable neighborhoods in LA mm. like like where I used to live you had to pretty much drive everywhere but here it's like I can go across the street and there's literally a like a place to drink I, there's like a couple like places down like five blocks there's a lot of great food in the area like yeah. it's awesome that could I was be about, was great yeah yeah I was about to say oh yeah there's this place across the street but then I was like if I say that people will know exactly where I live yeah so, what's your longitude and latitude yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to know then your social and then uh, <laughs> we'll get to all your private information in a minute before we get into more about you harry uh we have a challenge for you uh to uh complete during the process of this podcast we're gonna give you a list and you have to answer as many on this list as you can during yeah. the, the duration so your challenge is to name as many job and positions within the film and television industry so you can name as many as you like and we will tally them up and see where you rank on our, our leaderboard okay so. should i just yeah, start whenever? Them out whenever yeah okay let's go for some of the easier ones director producer uh first assistant director second assistant director second second assistant director um, actor, obviously, actress. Um, let's see, we got uh, gaffers, we got grips, we got the key grip, we got the um, electricians, we got the, the best boy electrician, we got the best boy grip, um, we got uh, the hair and makeup departments, we've got costumers, we've got uh, production assistants, I know that one all too well. We have a key production assistant who leads the production assistants. Um, we have extras or background, as they're called. Um, let me see what else I can think of. This is great. I teach uh, a media class uh, to, like, teens and adults. So now, now okay. I can just, like, cut this out of the interview and be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. all right, here it is. <laughs> uh, uh, you've got uh, the prop master, um, assistant, props assistant. You've got first and second camera assistants. You've got the director of photography. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think of what else. It's been so long since I've been on set. I've been so stuck in animation. Yeah. What um, position, what job, in your personal opinion, do you think is completely unnecessary? <laughs> <laughs> I, if any of my old coworkers would hear this, they would get so mad. I'm trying to think. Oh man. Oh, I mean. Like, do you, do you so really tough. need to be here? Do you need, like, there, there's not really. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It is, though. It is, like, obviously for film and television, it takes a village, so that's why. Yeah. I feel like, like, had had we done this interview, like, in 2014, when I was, like, still on sets, I would have an answer right away, and then I realized, oh, shit, I'm going to make someone really mad. <laughs> I, I just, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything that I can think of. There's, like, some, like, it's not so much security, but there will someone be a, guy, a person who just kind of just sits there, and you're like, okay, well, actually, you I'm trying to think of like the best way to describe what I could think, but like, and I, I can't say nepotism hires because like mm-hmm. I was sort of a nepotism hire, mm-hmm. but like the nepotism hires that are like a um, big producer and the kid just like wants to be on film but doesn't want to do the work. Yeah, and that yeah. that happened in my first onset experience in LA. I won't put the person's name out there for their own sake, but there's a PA who like a network head. It was his son. And he's doing his job poorly, and I was going through a lot of anxiety in my position because I was running the extras on set, and it was my first time doing this. I didn't know what I was doing, and the oh the, uh, <laughs> the person person producing the show um, 
who will also remain nameless for the, I don't, I, <laughs> we're on good terms now. I don't want to ruin that. <laughs> and they were super strict about like secrets getting out, which is just like, Oh, plot points or whatever. And I guess like, they really didn't want to see extras with their cameras out. And like one extra was like, they were sitting at like lounge chairs. And I know we're totally going off topic, but they're sitting on lounge chairs and like had their phone out. And this person was worried that they were taking photos of like the cast and their, and their outfits, which is like, that's not going to ruin the show. If someone sees a picture of like a random wardrobe, but like, so I got reprimanded because I run the background and then it happened some other time where I didn't notice. And then there was a day where we had Snoop Dogg on set and a picture of the closed indoor bar set got on Twitter. And this oh, wow. this producer like reprimanded me through my boss and was like, if this happens again, someone's getting fired and it's probably gonna be you, Harry. And I'm like, Oh great. Um, yeah, like oh, no. uh, and then so after that that day we had a two, like a one week hiatus where it's like they prep the next two weeks of production while everyone else goes off, which I always hated because it was so inconsistent the work because it was like two weeks on one week off for three and a half months and it's like you can't find a lot of work for those few days especially Mm -hmm. that was my first job so I didn't have like a connection to be like hey can you give me two days on set um but yeah so then I I'm like it's the Saturday or Sunday before we come back and I text my boss because I was close to him I'm like hey so um I really, like, this This position's giving me anxiety. And I knew the other guy was not doing well, but I was like, I don't know if they're going to get rid of him. He's an nepotism hire. And I was like, hey, is that, like, what happened to him? Is he coming back? And he's like, no, 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 we let him go. Like, he's moving on to something else. I'm like, oh, thank God. Can I please take over the walkie talkie PA position? I will find someone else to do background. And then I had my friend come and do our background. He was so good at it because he was just, he had been on a lot more sets. And, like, he went to full sales. He was, like, well prepared for set life and then like the whole season after that was so much better like i never got like reprimanded like that again Mm -hmm. the only time i did get reprimanded was because i didn't take we have these big like blue units that are for like air conditioning because it's like the summer or whatever Mm -hmm. it's hot in la (laughs) and it was to go into the like front door of this tiny little comedy club but like that became a fire hazard that's blocking an entryway Mm -hmm. and the producer screamed at me she's on the phone with someone like just having conversation and is screaming to this person about me while i'm standing there going this fucking, this fucking idiot pa won't put the air conditioning in and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna do it and if this place gets shut down for fire codes that's on them oh, and then- anyway that, that totally went off topic from the uh naming the positions but yes I know that that's the podcast though yeah but that was a good explanation yeah. um, so you were saying you as the background pa is unnecessary <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> no, no i think there's i mean i don't uh, the position it's not necessarily the position is necessary but like in certain situations it can feel unnecessary is a second second ad where they basically take over what a key pa would be doing on set but they're in the union so they have a they can do more responsibilities but sometimes and these people i worked with maybe once or twice and here and there there's some that kind of just rely on the key pa and then they're not really doing what they're being paid a lot more money to do so it was more so from the perspective of a pa and then when I became a key and we would have second seconds, it was kind of yeah. like, Got oh, great. It. Yeah. So I'm going to do a lot of work and you're going to get credit for yeah. it. Yeah. I like how you did bring up the nepotism hire, though, because obviously a very real thing. Um, but I'm curious, from the stress that you had with being on set or just the anxiety of being on do you miss it or you enjoy more? Because you're saying now you're in animation. I miss the people I worked with and I miss the sort of exhilaration of just like being on a set and like seeing stuff happen and like getting to work with people who like knew my, know my older brother or like people I became close with. Like there are a lot of people on those sets that I still keep in touch with, but like I won't be working with them if I stay in animation because they, they're strictly live action. So it's really, it's similar to how I feel about like when people ask like, Oh, do you miss New York? And I'm like, I miss the people. Mm. I don't miss literally sweating through my shirt when I walk out the door. Like I, I'm a, I'm a big guy. I sweat real easy. Like so, being in like humid New York heat is the worst. And then like being on set for 14 hours a day in the sun and not being able to sit—that's that's that's yeah. sort of that's that yeah. version of it for set for me. Where I was like, I come out to LA and like 
it's hot out, but it's dry. I'm not sweating. I make yeah. it. I make it a little sweat on my brow, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. I wear a hat, but it's sunblock. I'm good. No, I sweat it, so much when I go into the city in the summer, and then especially when you go into the subway, and I'm like, here we go. Yeah. I'm gonna sweat. Here we go. So that's the bad song. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then it just smells like pee. It's and you're terrible. Yeah. And you have to bring a hoodie with you because it might start raining. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of hot sets, you uh, <laughs> you worked on one of my favorite shows of all time, the Eric Andre oh, wow. show. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that reaction. <laughs> so you were you a naked PA at any time? No, no. That's, that's, that's one guy. Uh, <laughs> that was my first question. I had to get him. That's Pat Reagan or Reagan. He's a, like a, a comedy writer. No, so he was like their like the writer's assistant who they would also just have constantly be the naked PA. Oh, <laughs> I I worked on season three. I worked the whole season. Um, as a, I mean, thankfully it was pretty straightforward because it was mostly in a studio where it's like I would, and we also had like interns at the time, so I would basically just help manage them and be like, "Hey, I need you to stand outside of this door and just make sure nobody goes in when we start rolling," or like. Hey, like we need to help clean up the set because they had an art department, but they also relied on the PAs as an extra set of hands. <laughs> um, yeah, there were a few messes on that set. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that season was nuts, and like I felt bad because I, I wasn't used to doing like stuff where I was like fully helping out like a department because on like most like union shows, I don't know if that's changed for them or not, but like on other like on the league, like you can't touch art stuff unless you are in the art department. Like they will get mad at you. Like I can help the prop guys move a director's chair, but like if I went anywhere near an actual prop, I would be like, they would stare daggers at me. So that's like, it's a very different sort of feel. Cause it's like, it's lower budget. It's adult swim. It's, it's like, they're tr- just trying to get the show done. So like, right, right. there would be this one, there was this one band that just like, was like, I forgot the name of the band. But they were just like destroying a bunch of food and making a mess and like flipping a table. And at the end, I, I'm just waiting outside, just like waiting to like see if anyone needs help with just like actors or any other thing. And then the the art director and his art interns were cleaning up and he saw me just like sitting for a minute and reamed me out. Like got so mad that I was sitting down and he's like, Hey, you need to help us clean this. And I was like, I had no idea. Like that's oh. not usually part of this job. Like <laughs> I'm I, and I like was profusely apologetic, but I was oh. just like, I feel terrible that I, that this guy thinks I'm like lazy. Like I don't <laughs> want to come off as lazy. Like like I, like I said, I am I would consider myself an ethicism hire. Like my brother works in the industry and knows a lot of people, but like I wasn't, I would always try to not be the guy who's like, I just got here and now I'm safe. Like I would bust my, I mean, I think it helps to have my, my Jewish neuroses. I'm constantly <laughs> anxious about things. Mm. So like, yeah. I, I always try to like do my best. And like, I say like he opened the door, but then I like got both, I like pushed it open. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, take us back for a second as far okay. as uh, what sparked your interest in going in this field, um, it, like where you grew up and where, like what was your first introduction uh, into it? I mean, okay, so I mean, a lot of it stems from my just my brothers and how it's sort of immersed in like the TV they watched was because my oldest brother Jason is nine years older than I am. My brother Zach is seven years older than I am. So they were like oh, close. Okay. For, and I was like the little kid yeah. watching like Saturday Night Live and Mr. Show mm-hmm. and Kids in the Hall and like making jokes at like um, like play after parties at the local diner <laughs> and no one else understanding it. <laughs> like my, my sense of humor was too far advanced. Yeah. Like I was, I wasn't like, I, of course I watched cartoons and I watched like Disney Channel and Nickelodeon Cartoon Network, but I was also watching like Bob Odenkirk and David Cross when I was like eight. Like, <laughs> It's ridiculous. So I think, a lot, yeah, a lot of it was just, like, having those influences. But also, like, my, Jason, my brother, was a child actor. He was in the movie Weekend at Bernie's. Mm-hmm. And he also did the show Shining Time Station uh, with, like, with Ringo Starr and a bunch of other people. And, like, so he had, he had known he would want to be a director for a long time. And then he would, when I was, like, nine or ten, he was, grad, he was like, leaving for like high school or college and then he proceeded to make films with his friends and I got to be in those films and like we did films and we were like I was like a little kid and we were doing like like just like home videos making up like stories and I got to be in a lot of that stuff so I mean that sort of that sparked like the acting bug where I did a lot of theater in high school okay. and then when I was like what do I want to study in college I was like I like I don't 
I, I'm not great with like the typical school classes, but I love just like making things and like being creative. So I, I like when I was searching for schools, I went to, uh, I mean, I went to SUNY New Paltz upstate, but the choices I had were like SUNY Old Westbury, SUNY Stony Brook and Cortland. And like Old Westbury was kind of not, not my thing. And then we went to Stony Brook for a college visit, but it was much more like science and math based. And also like 80% of the population is from Long Island. So like, mm. there's no like weekend life from what, I mean, it, who knows what it is now. That was in 2007. But I was like, I kind of like being social. Like I knew like everyone, I knew everyone in high school, but I didn't have like a core friend group. I just happened to know everyone. Cause like my dad taught there, my older brothers had gone there. So like a lot of the mm. teachers knew me. Mm-hmm. If I, if I didn't do my homework, my dad heard about it right away. Cause they like, <laughs> walked down to his office. Um, and like, yeah, so I like, I was like, I'm gonna, I want to study like media production. So I went to SUNY New Paltz and like their department at the time was good, but I, like literally the minute I graduated, they finally got like, like DSLR cameras, which are way better. And like their so studio was upgraded. happens once you graduate, then it upgrades. The yeah. Yeah. Like, we were using like Sony Z1Us and V1Us and I'm like, these are good, but they feel like if you went like one generation back, this was like 1995. Mm. Like it was just, just good enough. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, so I studied media in college and then graduated in 2011. And then I was kind of trying to figure out what I would do. And a lot of my friends from college started doing, um, like, and I was like, I just want to get work because I just want to start working. And I, my first job in production was Project Runway All-Stars. Because, oh, <laughs> like, the, the reality TV scene in New York is, like, the golden handcuffs like you you can continue working for a while and not have any breaks but you're also working in a field that like if you're like me like i i watch some of it but like i i'm not nearly as invested in reality tv as like scripted television like that was my wheelhouse and i loved cartoons like i would listen like my brother zach and i would watch cartoons and just like listen and be like, oh, I know that voice. And then we would literally like look it up and be like, oh, like on IMDb and figure it out. And then funny enough, they literally made a, a documentary like 12 years ago called I Know That Voice, mm-hmm. which is just about voice voice directing. Um, where, where was I going with this? We'll let you. Uh, your now. introduction. Yeah. So first you went into okay, reality yeah. TV, but you love more. Yeah, so I, I did reality TV for a little bit. I did like a couple shows in a row. The hours are insane. And like the... Like a lot of it, the time, it was me like running to a parking lot in Manhattan, that like ten blocks away from the, where we were shooting, picking up like a passenger van or a cargo van. Sometimes also like a box truck and driving it around Manhattan, where it's like <laughs> you can't get on either side of the like you can't get on the West Side Highway yeah, or the, like or the the was it JFK Turnpike? I don't. I so far I've literally forgotten names of places <laughs> in New York. It's been too long. Yeah. <laughs> You can't, like you can't. There's so many one-way streets or like little roads. Like I, I mean, I've already said I have a lot of anxiety and stuff. It was so anxiety-ridden driving like a truck from Manhattan to Brooklyn and back. Like one time I went to the Midtown Tunnel and the the clearance on the side was like that much, and I was like trying to not hit the cones in the middle on the left, and then my right went uh, mirror bangs the wall and the fucking truck starts swerving it's like 11 p.m i like been working for 14 hours i'm like i just need to not die tonight oh my gosh you're just trying to survive every time i like talk to people about like that work it's not ptsd like like, i don't have like panic attacks but like i remember that and i go i'm so glad i don't drive trucks for sets anymore because that is <sighs> yeah. Bunkers. Yeah, you can read. It's gone. It's over. Don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, they, it's gone. It's in the past. <laughs> they, they definitely have shifted the truck. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that they've definitely shifted more into getting like professional truck drivers, I feel like, and like more professional drivers, too. Like, there are still box part. truck PAs, but yeah. like, yeah, that, that was gnarly stuff they have people to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, there, I have so many stories of driving vehicles. Like, one time I was trying to gas up one of the trucks. And as I'm like turning out of the gas station, I hear a noise and it's like a, like a smash. And I'm like, oh no, what, the f- what did I do? What did I do? And I get out and it's like, I like bumped into 
feel, I feel like I'm like admitting to it. I'm not admitting to a crime, but like, <laughs> the, guy, the guy was fine with it. It wasn't this shitty bus that like this guy was driving. The production driving, company is I, admitting to a crime. <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, I think the statute of limitations is already way past. Right. It's like a decade ago. Okay. But no, like, I like accidentally like bumped into this guy in like a really old used truck, like, school bus i don't know what the deal was it might have just been like so, some guy but you hit a bus not a guy yeah no no just i hit the, the vehicle okay. it was it was not a human being i okay. i just I, like i accidentally like bumped the side of the bus and he was like oh, don't worry about it. this thing's a piece of crap i was like oh thank god i need to i need to get back to the studio with the truck. <laughs> oh boy yeah that's a good some good stuff right there. Uh, yeah, so I, I tried to get out of reality. No, no offense to reality. There's a lot of good stuff. I watch stuff now, but I had to get out as quickly as possible. What was one of your favorite um, scripted shows or films or one of the, like, the projects you really enjoyed working on? In terms of onset stuff, I mean, honestly, what, the first scripted show I did was called The Heart She Holler, which is a really obscure adult swim show with Patton Oswalt. Oh, wow. And like, it was like, so the at first assistant director was, was, had worked with my brother Jason on the show Human Giant, like way back in the day, in like 07, 08. And then I, he introduced me to this guy, uh, Neil. And then I got to be the, like, basically the talent driver PA for the whole season where I would just, they rented me like a, a Chrysler town and country van. And I would mm-hmm. just like go to like pick up like Patton Oswalt and Amy Sedaris and, a, and a, like David Cross from their houses or their places, their apartments in Manhattan and Brooklyn and drive them to set. And then I would just help out. And then like, I would just have to keep track of when I needed to pick up the next person or drive the next person home. Mm-hmm. And it, like, <clears throat> I had to like help out on set too, but we had another, uh, enough people on that end covering because like, you can't rely on me to do it if I have to go like pick up an actor. So it was like, yeah. it was really good, but it also wasn't like, crazy stressful but i think it almost didn't prepare me well enough for when i moved to la i was working on these like crazy sets long hours i'm constantly moving but like it was a good first experience and then like during the season there's an episode where um pat Oswalt is playing two characters at once and i come back from picking up an actor and then one of the interns just hands me like a pile of like like costume and say hey this is you now and i go what and then someone clues clues me in i'm the only like guy on set with the right build to play opposite Patton as himself (laughs) from like the over the shoulder shots (laughs) and it's in season two of the show and like there's an entire episode where like i would have to i would either have to watch him and like try to mimic his performance from and then do the reverse or it would be I was the first one doing it out of the two of us, and I would have to sort of be the one to 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 uh, why I, to inspire his performance. To establish so like, yeah, what he's gonna yeah, do. Yeah, so like I would have That's to like so walk funny. out of a scene a certain way, and then he would have to mimic that. <laughs> That's so and, funny. Yeah, it was so weird, and like you can really tell, and like the, there's the shots of where he's in like a tuxedo, and like the way I got is like his, but not quite, because like most wigs when you have like a like a body double don't always quite match and you can tell, mm. <clears throat> but like there's one wide shot of me like standing at the altar, like going like, what's going on? Like that's, and like, you can clearly see this person is not Pat. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, the show is so nuts. Like who cares? Yeah. Were there any um, interesting car ride conversations? I mean, I, it was like, it was so surreal to just like talk like nerdy stuff and comic books with Patton because he's oh, just like cool. he's one of like I mean this was 2013 so he was like like nerd culture was big but it still wasn't as big as it is today and like just like I would like drop him off at set and he would give me a, a sheet of paper to go to a comic shop in Brooklyn like go go pick up his comics on Wednesdays Whoa. and I was like this is so wild and like just talking to him because he also knows my brother Jason another one of those things so we would chat about like sh- this show that we we've called into a bunch. And then, like, I think that was cool. And then also, um, the Amy Sedaris is one is I like at the time it felt like she was like my really cool aunt that I would like drive to work every day for some reason. Like, <laughs> she, we would have like she just like silly and kooky and fun and like and talked about her like rabbit at the time and she was just like the just so had so much great energy. It was so cool and like you know it was my first time working with like like celebrities and like famous people. And, like, this was, it was, like, the great, like, the best, like, way to start things off where she just, like, 
couldn't have been more fun to like hang out with and chat with. And then on our last day of shooting together, she gave like um like these like tea kettle like potholder things to all of her co-stars. And then she said, I have something for you, but I'll like let me know when you're done. And, and I was like, let me know when like when I, when you're driving me home. And she gave me a box. And so Every time we would drive to set, I would be like using my like shitty old iPod and plugging it into the, the crux of town and country, but it would like break and like mess up because it was so old. The, the gift she gave me was a brand new uh, iPod, like a bigger like storage iPod, <laughs> and on the back it had an engraving that said it, it was this joke. It said "lovers or brothers?" question mark, which was this game she would play when we were in like stop signs. We saw two <laughs> people, like a guy, a guy and a guy, a guy and girl, 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 whatever. And she would ask "lovers or brothers," and I would have to basically answer the question. Oh my god! And it was it was like funny and silly. Like it, it, it That's was just like so a, wonderful. Just like a, a cute game. So like when I got that thing, I was like, I'm gonna keep this forever. And like. Oh. It was so cool, yeah. and then the other, <laughs> so I know I'm I'm going on like the longest of tangents, but keep going. Oh other, yeah, don't stop. <laughs> the other actor that we worked with, her name. Wait, is I just need to say, uh, uh, we we need you to do that for our landlords. Where we we don't know right now, so. A lovers or brothers? Are you? Do we know for a that, fact? Oh my god! No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're brothers. No, they're, 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 a, they're lovers. They it's have okay. a terrible bit going. It's not so. <laughs> stop it! Stop it! <laughs> I don't know if they listen to this. Keep, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Listen to our um, sorry. So, the third, I mean, there was, there was another, there were four actors I pretty much drove every, every other, every day, if not most days, said it was, so it was, it was Pat and Amy, and there was this uh, actress, her name is Heather Lawless, she plays, she does, she does a voice on Big Mouth, and she's like a comedian, um, and um, so the craziest thing about that is I only found out later when I met my now wife. So while I, this was spring of 2013, I would drive Heather Lawless to work every day. Little did I know across the the country in Los Angeles, because that's where her family was moving to, her husband was working uh, on the movie Her as in the post department and also happened to hire my now wife as their babysitter. Wow. So while I was driving Heather to work, my my wife, who I didn't know at the time, was literally babysitting her kid. Wow. That's, that's so... Isn't it weird and interesting yeah, how it just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it just lines up that way. That's so unusual. It was, it was a very surreal when we found out. And also then we... They we, they went up coming to our wedding, which is really cool to, like, see them. Because, like, they were part of our story, like, literally. Um, oh, that's lovely. And then, mm-hmm. And then the, the fourth other actor I would drive a lot, his name is Joe Sikora. He was on the, he's on the show Power. I don't know if you know it. Mm. It's on like Stars. With like, yeah. it's, like 50 cent, it's like 50 Cent's produced show. Mm. Okay. And he was also the like biker in the episode of the first, oh, what is that show called? It had Matthew McConaughey. It was on HBO. Oh, True Detective? Yeah, so he was in the first True Detective season. With, oh. He was that biker that gets carried through that like six minute long tracking oh, shot. Oh, yeah. So like, we were shooting Hard She Holler, and we were like, hey, we're coming up on this week of, ep- of uh, shooting, and we're shooting in the house of the characters that Heather and Joe played together. And then he's like, uh, and then they get a, the producers in the 80s got a call saying that HBO needed him to shoot this thing that entire week. Hmm. Like, we, we, were, we were losing him after Tuesday night. So our, our 80s scrambled and got him in got him all of his stuff done in those first two days so that he could fly out to New Orleans where it was shot. And it was just, it was wild. But yeah, the, so like him and, him and Amy was who I, I drove the most. So I became really close to them and like I had his, like we would keep in touch and like he invited me to like an engagement party and like I couldn't make it just for one reason or another. But like, yeah, I still keep in touch with them, which is so cool. It's like these people were from my first like full on like scripted gig. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. How did you transition into do to in working animation? Uh, like, what was like the what have been like the biggest challenges just adjusting from the onset life to the new job that you're working now? Um, it was it was a really good transition because I was middle of 2016. Like, I got the I got the call in August 2016. But so like 2016, I my my production life had sort of slowed down because the league had just ended on FXX. So I wasn't coming back. I had done a few seasons of Drunk History, but I, 
for whatever reason I didn't get called back and I was like okay I understand I'm sure different production crews took over and whatever they had they have their own like PAs they want to hire and then I went to a table read of Bob's Burgers because one of the writers his name is John Schrader he's a friend of my brother's and was at his wedding and we talked um, at the wedding and then he saw me post a picture of Olivia and I my wife as Mr. Fishoder and Gail for Halloween that year. <laughs> so then he saw that and then messaged me like, hey, do you want to come to a table read sometime? These are the days we do it, blah, blah, blah. And I was working freelance, so my schedule was flexible. And I went to the table read and it was for, oh, I wish I remembered the episode name. I'm like blanking. It's been a bit. But it was like Tina and Linda go to this like convention for this like astronaut. And like Tina's supposed to read like a speech or something. Mm-hmm. I forgot Oh, it's the Grand Mama Pest Hotel. It was Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> so that. That, I went to that episode, and then after the table read, I got to, like, talk to the John Schrader, the writer, and he's like, yeah, man, send me your resume. I don't think we have anything at the moment, but who knows. That was January of 2016. So then, obviously, months pass. I'm doing, like, random um, PA work on set still here and there, but not making, like, a ton of money because it was just, like, I didn't have a full-time show at the time. Mm-hmm. And then end of July, I I was like, I went on like a walk with Olivia somewhere. I think we were just like in the neighborhood where you, I lived at the time. And then I get home to a voicemail from a number I didn't recognize. And I, I listened to it and it's our producer who I work with now, Ryan, saying, hey, I got your resume from John Schrader and we'd like to have you come in for an interview to be like an office PA and, uh, at Bento Box. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, yes, please. Because, I mean, my work is so inconsistent, and I also just was trying to find something different because, like, I got real burnt out on set. Like, it, yeah. it, just, it like, destroyed my energy. Um, and then, yeah, so I went in for an interview, and, like, I sort of was able to – because I was going to be the front desk PA who would help, like, talent get into the room for, like, table reads and, and like, prep and just be, like, be personable with, like, the entire, like, uh, office and whatnot. And I hadn't – I didn't have any office PA experience on my resume. But what I did have is all of my time, at, like, on the league and on Drunk History working with talent. So my experience was just, like, yeah, I know how to handle myself around talent. I I do sometimes um, get starstruck, but I am very easy, good at handling myself. Mm-hmm. And I example – the example I used was I got to work with Weird Al Yankovic – on drunk history, and I'm one of I'm a massive fan. I can't say one of my biggest one of the biggest fans because I went to a concert where I felt like I was a very uh, low totem pole fan. When I went around <laughs> like I was around like all the hardcore fans. But yeah, I was like I worked in Weird Al and drunk what? history and didn't freak out. So I think I can handle um, just working with talent in general and like being able to handle myself. Um, and yeah, that and then like so that was on the first of August, and then they're like. That was on Monday, the 1st of August. And they're like, we'll let you know by Friday. So I was like, okay, great. I'll keep that out of my mind. I, I want to think about it because nothing's going to happen until Friday. Wednesday comes. Olivia and I go for another walk around this little park near my old apartment. And then as I get back, I had now saved Ryan Thunder on my phone. I got a call from him. And, and I was like, oh, okay. And um, I wasn't expecting this. I picked up and he's like, hey, Harry, um, if you want the PA position, is yours. And if you'd like to come in, we can start you on Monday, or otherwise we have a, a, a um, oh no, sorry, this is on Tuesday, actually. So he's like, yeah, um, we can have you start on Monday, or we have an actual table read coming up this Friday. If you'd like to really get your, get hands-on for the first one, we can start you tomorrow, Wednesday. And my jaw hit the fucking floor. Oh, I, I was like, wow. holy cow. Because then when he specified I'd be working at Bob's, I was like, okay, this is exactly where I want to be right now. Oh, that's awesome. And it was also, like, it was extra cool because that was the first show that Olivia and I ever watched together when we started dating. So I was like, it was this has extra. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, you got to keep so, yeah. taking magical walks. You keep getting great phone <laughs> calls during the yeah. And, like, yeah, so, like, I started that Wednesday and had my first table read on Friday. And, like, I, this August will be six years. Wow, cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Brendan and Jordan just saw the movie. Yeah. So uh, no spoilers yeah. for people listening. Think? I have not uh, seen it, it yet. Yeah, I was, I, I was saying before we started record, like before we uh, got a video call with you, that like, it, like it reminded me why I love Bob's Burgers because it's like per- it, like rides that line between being like edgy and adult kind of, but it's mostly like it's it's also like really like wholesome and like family yeah. friendly. And like I was like laughing out loud, and like I love going to movies where there are children that are laughing out loud too, <laughs> and like we're laughing at the same things. Like, that makes me so happy. So. And yeah, yeah, and yeah, it sounded great. Also, like, yeah, it was uh, very well acted, and like, yeah, I did was... not exp- like. Did they advertise it as a musical? Uh, a I little bit. I just the promo it had like, had it listed as like comedy slash musical, but yeah, the musical element was really cool. When they first anna- were announcing it at like Comic Con, they couldn't show any footage, but because of just wherever it may have been in production. But like when Lauren uh, Bouchard, the creator, was announcing it, he did mention that there would be a few songs mm-hmm. in it. Can you um, go into detail as far as your involvement or what you specifically do uh, sure. in yeah. the production? Um, for clarification for people who are listening. Yeah, so I mean, in, it's almost comparing it to my onset life, once I realized what I had to do in this position, because so I was a, a office PA, I worked at the front desk for six months, then they moved me like a digital asset PA for another six months or yeah, like eight months. And then when I moved into dialogue coordinating, which is my current job, that was October 2017, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so October 2017. So my job, I basically chore- uh, categorized it as um, if a first AD, a second AD, and a script supervisor all were melded into one in recording sessions. So my job is to find out who we need for the cast, um, talk to the production about who they want to cast for any new roles, uh, notify casting about who needs to return for roles. And then I get the script. I break it down into scenes. Cause like there are scenes, but it's not, it's sometimes easier to break them down into other chunks where it's like, I focus on these characters and then these characters. And then you wrap some of these actors and get these trying to manage time in a record session. Cause you only have a certain amount of time and you know, you don't want to keep actors all day. Yeah. So my job is to make it as efficient as possible and get everything done, but try not to go like crazy out of order. Like a lot of TV shows, you'll like you'll shoot out of order a lot. But with this, we try to do like like uh, storyline chunks where it's like we'll do the Bob and Linda stuff first. Mm-hmm. We'll bring in all the kids to do the family scenes, then we'll wrap John Benjamin, John Roberts, who play Bob and Linda, and do all the kids only stuff. So like oh, you're trying cool. to maximize your time. Yeah. And then, so I'm doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm setting up the records. I'm talking to the recording studios or if we're recording from home, I make sure that everyone has equipment and I make sure that our editor is prepared to record the remote people. Cause that's been a thing the last two years, which is a whole other can of worms. That was, <laughs> I mean, we, we figured it out, but it was a very wild process. And then my other job is in the actual sessions is to take notes on my takes. And if they improvise, I have to try to shorthand it as best I can. Mm-hmm. When I was doing it in office, it was a lot of handwriting. So my handwriting would get kind of messy, but here I can literally just like open up preview and just make like a little text box and just start typing what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So it's a little more accurate. Excuse me. Nice. Um, but yeah, so it's, that's, that's the majority of my job. Yeah. Was there a uh, any, like, any major adjustments you had to do going from doing the TV show to the movie, and especially with the musical elements of it? Um, for the TV show versus the movie, if, uh, the TV show a lot of the time will record first, and then they'll animate to that audio. Mm. But because of the t- the scheduling, and I think because of lockdown, they could. There were lots of there were lots of uh, like cogs and wheels operating things where like they needed to get stuff done on time so they couldn't record the actors because it was still like they're like all the stuff with the changeover from like like in studio to remote so they had to keep production going so they were producing the movie with the audio of the creator of the show and i think when the dvd comes out you'll see a lot of like deleted scenes i assume i don't honestly this is just coming from an assumption i literally have no idea what mm-hmm. is going on for the move the the dvd i think i mean there's some stuff that they've announced but like so i think they had to the creator of the show had to do all the audio and like impersonate each of the characters to the best of his ability so that we could animate and the the, the acting would match that character well and then we had to bring the actors in and do adr mm-hmm. over 
the stuff that already existed. Wow, man. Wow. So it was a little different, but it, like it was still a lot of fun. And like you know, I think just getting to work on the movie, I think that the main cast only you could feel the energy was like exciting. It's like the show is great. The show, the show is has become such a staple of of the Fox uh, TV family. But like, I think just I'm like, oh, we're making a movie that people are going to get to go see in theaters and like dress up. Like that was like. People would occasionally like say like, "Oh, it seems like it should have just been on Disney Plus, what have you." And like, Lauren Bouchard and uh, Bernard Derriman, he directed the the visuals of the movie and also was on all of the recording sessions with uh, Lauren and I and a few other people. But they said it like this: You have the show at home. The movie is literally for is is the kind of thing where you go out with your friends, you you dress up as the characters, which a lot of people did. Like I was seeing it everywhere. For the people, like, I, I'm, like, I'm in one of the fan pages, and I'm just a, an observer, and I just see it, and I, like, I'm so excited for, the, like, them. Because I post, like, pictures of them, either they're, they're the family members, or, like, some of them are real deep cuts, and I get mm-hmm. so stoked to see that. I'm, like, I love a good deep cut costume. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was for them to, like, go, and, like, you know, once they've seen it enough, they'll, they'll want to go and just, like, sing along with the songs. Like, mm-hmm. I was sitting, when I saw that movie, like, with my family, I was legit singing along to the songs, because I've heard them so much, but also because they're they're so like fun, and it's just it's yeah. so it is it was, so special. Yeah, yeah. It's such a fandom, and like also where I love when they make a movie out of an animated show. Yeah, because it's so I'm I'm of course it's like such an intricate intricate um intricate excuse me intricate process but like when you when this is the first thing that just popped into my mind when the spongebob movie came out Mm -hmm. and the first one and you're just like oh yeah okay like like, there's something just on a mega scale where you're seeing it on the big screen and it is the experience of going in and all these people who've watched the show that's the thing too because it's just you at home your living room if you're only child if you have your siblings your cousin whoever you watch it with your parents but then when you go into theaters and you see like everyone come out yeah. of their, their woodworks and you just like, you like see the people, the magnitude <clears throat> of the number of people who are fans of it. And you're like, holy cow, yeah. this is amazing. And I think the movie does have to like, especially for like the examples you gave, I think that like the Simpsons movie is similar too. It's like, yes, it does yes. have to feel bigger in a certain way. And I think like, like that's one of the things about Bob's Burgers. It feels like it's worthy of being a movie. I feel it's like worthy of yes, being in the theaters. And it feels like it, it's like, it's, it is the show, but it's bigger too. Yeah. Yeah. So like what, yeah, that was like exactly. The, so Lauren, when he, they were all doing the interviews, he was like, we want it to feel big, but we don't want it to feel like there's a lot, like too many, like, like there, there's stuff outside of the, the city that they're in. It kind of kept it contained to like the parts that you recognize, but with some a- added stuff to make it just, cinematic and like mm-hmm. obviously you, you see the the character designs the backgrounds the shadows everything looks bigger like it's, it looks more cinematic and like i'm i mean i this is what i heard when i was working on it. i don't i don't know the exact specifics but with cartoons just like obviously you're you only have certain budgets they animate every other frame so things are like they look fine but it's still it's not as smooth as like normal human motion mm-hmm with the movie budget and the movie time you can animate on every frame so it does look smoother it's 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 like i think i don't know if you guys know but in into the spider verse Mm -hmm. um miles morales for the first chunk of the movie is animated every other frame everyone else is animated on the frames so when he finally comes into himself and he's like Miles Morales, Spider Man in that black and red suit, and it's like, what's up, danger? Yeah. And it's like starts moving more like smooth. That's because they're animating him wow, on every frame. That's amazing. That. Yeah, that's, it's like one of those things where it's like you, you don't know that, but your brain does know that there's something different. Like it, it like yeah. that's like a kind of the beauty of the the, vis, yeah. the the visual medium is like getting you, your brain and yourself to feel something, or someone someone else to feel something and think something, but not even realize that they're thinking and feeling that. Yeah, again, because like if you watch when he they're leaving like the that facility where they stole that computer, mm-hmm. and you see them them like flipping together, you can see he looks so choppy mm-hmm. compared to the Peter B. Parker like the one in the like the the full adult one. Yeah, that movie's amazing. That's just like that. Yeah. That is like one of the greatest accomplishments in animation. It's just like, it, like across like, across the board, like everything about it is just like I can't believe like being a kid and you have that 
caliber before we compare. Well, yeah. We did not, but I, I mean, we've had this conversation before though, so we won't go into it, but just saying like our evolution of like the movies we saw leading up to something like that mm. versus like, where do they go from here? Like yeah. when you're a child to go to, everything's just a hologram or like now you're in <laughs> VR and you're immersed in it? How? Yeah. I don't, it's still so impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, real quick, um, going back to Bob's Burgers, uh, who is your favorite character if you had to pick Ooh. only one? Oh, man. Only one. Huh. That's so tough. I mean, I love Mr. Fishoder. Mm-hmm. I think I have a soft spot. I dressed up as him, but also it's just so funny. Like, he's just... He just stands out. He's like this old landowner with an eye patch and a cape. And I think <laughs> it's also kind of wild that I get to occasionally work with Kevin Klein. Like mm. he is, like he's just like uh, he's like like he's on a pedestal. He's he's Kevin Klein. Like, are you kidding me? Like I wound up rant when I was still on sets, like right like a year or so before Bob's. I worked on a a, a pilot for. Uh, IFC because the assistant directors I worked with on Hartree Holler were working on this pilot and it was called like John Benjamin's 100 Erotic Stories or whatever mm. and I, I met John Benjamin there and I was like hey I'm Jason's brother and we were chatting I drove him around but then the last day of shooting it was him and Kevin Klein on set cause, and I was like holy shit and this is after I had taken the photo of our Halloween costumes as Gail and Mr. Fishoder so I was like I need to show him this picture yeah. and it was like a clo- it was like a closed set because it was like this wild storyline where like someone had to be naked on it so they like wouldn't let us anywhere near the actors but then once we wrapped and he was like in a robe and like it was all good I was like uh hi Kevin nice to meet you I'm Harry um my wife and I dressed up as uh, Gail and Mr. Fishoder for Halloween and he loved it and then John Benjamin loved it and then I told John Benjamin about it a couple weeks like years ago when I was like starting to work with him in this capacity I'm like yeah like I worked on that pilot for you he's like oh oh my god I forgot about that yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Um, there's there's a great video of you accepting an award for John Benjamin. Would you mind telling the story about that? Oh, and then ooh, that sure. Yeah, so that was for the Annie Awards, which like the yearly animation awards. It was January 2020, so like it was like the weirdest way to like go out into a lockdown. It was like this, but um, so he was nominated against like four or five other people for best voiceover actor at this award show, but he couldn't make it. He lives in New York. Excuse me. And then the writers, I'm so close to them on these. Uh, sessions they they proposed to our producer that I go in case he wins and like I would I would uh, accept on his behalf and they're like yeah that's great and then during a record session with our with Lauren the creator they like had a bit written down they had John Benjamin recorded with Kristen where he's like thanking everyone he's thanking like all the producers he's thanking all the cast he's thanking people who work on our show and then he forgets to thank Kristen and she chimes in and he's like hey you didn't you didn't thank me like what are you doing he's like yeah I did I know I did I, like, and he's like Harry roll it back roll it back and I'm like just standing there like, <laughs> and then they're like oh whatever and like and then Kristen's like oh Seth MacFarlane wouldn't do this and then John Benjamin's like well he isn't there either is he and I'm like oh my god so I was in the recording for it and I thought it was hilarious and the fact that they even mentioned me I was like if this happens I'm gonna lose my mind and so I go to this award show with Olivia. Like, I get dressed up. It's all fancy. I, like, run into people I know from other, like, projects. And I'm sitting there for hours. Like, it was at least, like, two and a half hours of other awards. And then I realized the awards in the booklet that they gave us were in order. And I was like, okay, we're getting – we're almost there. Like, there's, like, two awards. And then once it's time for the award, Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson, is the person announcing the award. Wow. She, sa- she says all these names. And I'm like palpitating, like I can feel my like stomach dropping and my heart beating. And she goes, and the winner is H. John Benjamin from Bob's Burgers, and they play the song, and I'm like, holy crap! So I like start like running, like I'm moving up there as fast as I can because I'm like, I am, I am on behalf of someone else. I don't want to take anyone else's time. I know how long we've been here, and I'm like running up. I get up there, I'm like, I'm like nervous about holding because I have my like. I have the award, but I can't hold anything else. And I'm like panicking. So Yardley Smith takes the award to hold for now. And I'm like, okay, thank God. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, hi, my name is Harry Walner. I'm the dialogue coordinator on Bob's Burgers. And I was kind of, that was, that was me just being like, hey, in the future, in a couple of years, if anyone wants someone yeah. to do this job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always social networking. 
Um, and then I was like, uh, yeah, sorry, John Benjamin couldn't be here, um, but he has a, a clip. He uh, accepted the speech he'd like to play, and my, I believe you guys have the clip, because I think someone in production was supposed to send it. And I'm standing there, and nothing's happening, oh. and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. And they go, uh, I'm sorry, we didn't get the clip. Uh, sorry. No. And, I, and I'm like, well, thank God I downloaded it onto my phone. I'll play it on my phone. So I literally, you see me in the clip. Like, holding my cell phone up to the, the mic, mic and they, they play the whole thing through, and then, like, people are laughing because they think this is a bit. Like, I did this on purpose. Oh, my God, that's amazing. That's, <laughs> that's, that's great. That's so great. I was like, I just want to have it on me in case anything happens. What a good idea. And I'm very glad I did because it made it for an incredible moment. And, like, my boss was watching the live feed and, like, texting me right after, like, you did great. And then I got messages from, like, Kristen Shaw sent me literally the video that Nick Kroll apparently, yes, I will pick those names up off the floor. <laughs> Nick Kroll was at it for Big Mouth and he had took a, taken a video because he knows me. I worked in on the league and he knows my brother Jason. So he, I, she has sent me a video of it and my brother Zach recorded off the live stream. And then after I get the award and then they send me to the back, they have, and obviously that award was just like the stand-in. That they, it's basically the same award they give to everyone, and then they'll mail you your actual award. Um, so then they have another award in the backstage, and they're like getting me to like hold that and hold my phone up to it, like I'm doing the mic. Like, <laughs> it became a bit backstage. <laughs> pictures of me holding up my uh, my sign. Oh crap! You know what? If I have an actual printout of me. In the photos, I can grab those in a sec. But yeah, so I'm back there taking photos. I'm kind of like, I don't know what's going on. And then I meet Diedrich Bader from like Drew Carey show, and like oh. I, forget, I think he's a, like it's called like I forget what, what show he's on that recently got canceled. But he was also like the voice of Batman from Batman the Brave and the Bold cartoon. Oh, and he's at the time was one of the only people who had voiced my favorite Marvel hero Moon Knight in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I had gotten starstruck because I was so nervous. And I'm like, hi, Diedrich, it's so nice to meet you. I, uh, I really loved your work on uh, the, the Moon Knight Before Christmas, that Spider-Man cartoon. He's like, oh, thanks, man. And I was like, yes, yes. And then I turn around, and I see Christopher fucking Lloyd sitting what? down talking to people. And I'm like, what is, what is life right now? What is oh. happening? I think he, he, had, he was about to go up and, like, give an award to someone. But I, like... I, I feel mad at myself that I didn't say hello, oh but I was just like, I, I was like four feet away, not even like from Christopher Lloyd. Wow. It's like, holy shit. Holy shit. What a wild night. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, here, I'm going to, I'm going to grab that picture. I'll be right back. Yeah. Splendid. Well, oh while Harry's God. grabbing that picture, uh, it's a good time oh for us to God. tell you guys that thank you for uh, continuing to listen to all the LNH stuff, watch all the LNH stuff, and just be a part of the Late Night Hump universe. Also, if you're an improviser, we're going to be having our monthly uh, jams. Yes. Prototype Patterson yeah. 237. Uh, so if you want to learn more about that, you could DM us at Late Night Hump on Instagram and uh, there we go. get involved with us. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have to post this stuff. Wow. But yeah, your pictures my, and everything. My coworker, Brian, um, t- gave this to me as a Christmas gift. I gave Here's a me oh. accepting the award. Oh, fancy. You look so good. Yeah. And there's me holding the sign that says, like, for John Benjamin. Oh, with the award. that's so great. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Can you hold that up again for the picture? I want to take a picture of the picture. I can also send you copies of this. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. I can send you the one. There is literally a one of me holding the phone up to the uh, to to the mic. It was (laughs) the craziest thing. But like afterwards, we were at the after party. People like, oh, you're that guy who accepted that award. Like that was awesome. Like, Uh thank you. Like I, (laughs) I've never felt so anxious in my life. I know what it's like being a hot celeb. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Wow. My, my moment in the sun. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there'll be many more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, just uh, curious, Brendan, uh, how many he has on his list. Just to pop back in here and remind you you have a challenge. Yeah. If there's any uh, film TV positions you'd like to add. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're, okay. we're 23 right now, which is a pretty healthy number. Yeah. yeah. Healthy number, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, What's there's, a set me- there's a set medic, too, that I, that I didn't think about. Um, I, who does think about it? <laughs> 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 the person is choking. 
there's craft services always. You gotta have craft services. You gotta have the snacks. Mm-hmm. There's caterers who are always there. Yeah. What's your um, go? What's your go-to on-set snack or on-set food ooh. that you like? Look forward to or hope they have. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um. Oh man. I love when like, cause like certain times of the day they'll bring out like a fully prepared like snack mm-hmm. and a good meat and cheese platter mm-hmm. puts you in a better mood. <laughs> And like late night meals, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Domino's pizza. It's trash, but I'll enjoy it if it's ten thirty at night. We've been working for fourteen hours. It gets the job done. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. 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 Domino's knows where they stand. They They're do. like, hey, we know what call they are. We we know when yeah. you, we know when you'll crave you us. Know, that's why we're up with this. Like, it's like Domino's, It's almost like not even pizza. Like, yes, it is pizza, but it's like in a different <laughs> category in a way. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's the best of the worst. Like, yeah. Is it like, more pizza like, than Pizza Hut? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I think Little Caesars is more pizza than Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pizza, pizza has overcompensated, so they put pizza in the they name. They should just change it to Hut, yeah. Right, just, just Hut. Yeah, <laughs> food, food Hut. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, what are some of the things about the industry that you've noticed uh, like change or evolve since you first uh, jumped into it in the beginning? In animation or just in general? Uh, I mean, both. I mean... I mean, in terms of, like, on set, I know it's just because of COVID, it's just, like, there's so many more just, like, things with, like, health and safety that they have to take care of. Because, like, you know, you have to... People are still getting, like, PCR tests every, like, two to three days on set. Um, And in terms of animation, I think really the only big changes I've seen were just how easily it has... how, How... We were not... We did not shut down during the... Like, Bob's did not shut down during the pandemic. Like... I like I left work on Thursday the twelfth of March, and like we came back that next Wednesday to grab our computers to be like fully set up at home with like remote setups, and then two weeks later we were recording actors again from home. Like we learned so much on the fly and like learning about like remote recording that that has now almost become a standard for people because a lot of like the, our main cast members have built like booths in their homes. Mm-hmm. It just it makes the most sense. They're constantly working. Why not have like a really good setup at home? And like, yeah, like if you if like and when you know there's like all these like there's like a corona there's like a omicron spike or whatever. It's like yeah, you can literally just walk into your other room and there's like a like a box that like it's not air conditioned, which is not fun. But like you can do everything you need to do. Like it's we like. we have done so much on the show that was from home and I'm like I don't think people would know because it's just not noticeable but what we did on the movie is we recorded at home for a lot of it but then because it's movie quality audio a lot of the times you'll hear the little like intricacies and like of a home record so then we had to sometimes we re-record stuff in a studio and that was like right around when like vaccines were coming out so everyone was more comfortable so then people would go in the studio we would get the quality audio we need and it would be good for uh, like movie theaters. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, like just yeah. Oh yeah, no, no god, god. Yeah, I was just saying, like, yeah, like, like COVID really like made us adapt fast, and like now it's yeah, like I mean, people go in the studio still now, like if they don't want to have a remote setup or if they just don't like some people don't like being at home. I am like working, I get it. So some people will go into the studios and that helps because like if they don't have a setup or if they have like a microphone they got off like Amazon that isn't like a, like a major name brand, they're usually not like great for recording TV quality audio. Yeah. Yeah. You, so you mentioned like a lot of people who were like either like specifically voiceover actors that you like really admire or like that's like what they're primarily known for. What do you think about how a lot of animated products more and more are using like well-known celebrities or like not like specifically voiceover actors and as in lieu of the people who were like that was their thing they did yeah i mean obviously i kind of work with both sides of it so it's like it's hard to be critical when it's like i work with a lot of like people who are like they don't they do a lot of live action and then this show or like other shows like i know a lot of like big mouth or like really cool comedians who like video acting is not their first thing um but then, like, then you get guys, like, I work with Dave Herman, who plays, like, Mr. Frond and Mr. Bronca and does, like, 100 voices. And he is so, like, he has so many characters that he does. And then you look at the other shows he works on, like, Disenchantment, and he worked on Futurama, and, like, King of the Hill. And you're like, holy cow. Like, I, before I, like, 
watched the I Know That Voice documentary, I really only thought of him as, oh, he was that guy who was in Office Space and was on Mad TV. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw the documentary and then I started working with him, I'm like, this guy's got like a VO resume longer than most other like like guys I like work with in like the VO field. He just has been doing so many shows that you and he's his voice changes so much that you almost you'd have to like be listening for it. Yeah. Are they the same casting directors for uh, animation as live action? Um, sometimes our our um, our casting department has also done a lot of live action stuff. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of they kind of work with us on all of our animation stuff. So I think I mean I don't know how much other live action they're doing now. But yeah, I think it really depends. But I think that a lot of them are bound to mix it up. What are the things you're looking to try to do going forward? And like, uh, when will we see you accepting an Oscar and giving this speech <laughs> via, via cell phone? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to eventually like be my final goal. Like, if I were like, like, if you were like, oh, what could be the full on dream goal? Would be to like be a producing a, my own cartoon and also being like the VO director mm. slash like maybe pulling like what Justin Roiland does, where I would be like a character on the show as well. Mm. Because I've always just been fascinated with, like, voiceover acting. Um, but in terms of, like, what's much more real, realistic, I think just, like, producing uh, animation and, like, having any sort of creative feedback or just, like, feedback that helps get it done without feeling like like getting in the way, yeah, <laughs> you know? For sure. Yeah. Well, we look forward to hearing more from you, hearing more about you, or, like, you know, what you have coming in the future. Um, and... Yeah, wish you the the best with everything. This is an incredible conversation. We really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, yeah, of course. Brendan, I don't know if you wanted to. Yeah, twenty sixth. Uh, do you want? Is there any uh, last minute jump shots you want to throw in <laughs> right at the end before we wrap things up? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, there's um, there's like producer's assistant, writer's assistant. Um, let's see what else. Um, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to think of any more on set positions. Um, oh, I mean, there's all there's the, the, literally the entire transportation team, but like, I mean, I forget the names of like the actual positions. I mean, there's art director, there's set decorator, there's on set deck, who's like the person who's always on set while the other guys are setting up other sets. Um, oh, there's any other? Why can't I remember? It's been so long. I mean, script supervisor. I don't know if I said that yet. Nope. Um, you didn't say it for the list, but you have mentioned a lot of these, yeah. uh, some extra jobs too in yeah. your stories. Yeah, the amount of people who work these jobs that you've named are through the roof. Yeah. So, oh, uh, boom operator, mm-hmm. uh, yep. the sound mixer. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying. I'm literally just racking my brain for the league because that was the show I did so much that I was like, who else do I know on that show? Yeah. Oh, there's a stand-in who just is like is for lighting purposes. They'll just stand in on a set. Um, obviously body doubles, that's, a, that's similar to standard, but they're actually on camera a lot. Um, oh, stunt coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that might be all I got. That's a solid. That's 37. Sure. I, that's like, is that the highest? If, of the I, year? I think that's the highest of the year. So, uh, Boom. Let's go. You, number you one. Did it. now celebrate, give us your, your award winning speech and tell all the people listening where they can find you and anywhere you want to point them <laughs> towards. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, thank you for having me on. I, I, I don't have a ton of stuff outside of Bob's burgers going on, but, um, the movie's coming out on HBO Max. It, July 12th now is, was announced today. Um, all my social media usually is the true H-Man. Sometimes it looks like the true human, but it, it's just because <laughs> H-Man was my radio name in, in college, and that's just what my brothers would call me at one point. Um, I'm on TikTok. I occasionally do videos where I, I, I complain or criticize about things, or I'll stitch a video and be like, does this make any sense, or is this just clout chasing? That's a lot of what I do. It's like, hey, you guys are reposting this guy's video, and he's kind of being racist, and you're like making fun of him for being an asshole, but at the same time, you're spreading his video because mm-hmm. you're stitching it, which means people view it more. How much are we actually doing? Like, it, it's the same for me when people are like, will like quote tweet someone to like dunk on them where they're like oh marjorie taylor green you're such an idiot like you you participated in january 6th it's like but you also just retweeted marjorie taylor green which is like 
gonna make her look better. And like, I, I think if, legitimately, if we weren't talking about people like that, they wouldn't like be in office. Mm-hmm. Like, we we like to dunk on people in so much that they become popular. Yeah. Yes. It's my least favorite thing about the current social media trends. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll, I'll like, or I'll like, if someone's saying something stupid on TikTok, which I spend far too much time on, um, I'll be like, hey, I'm not going to stitch this person's video, but you probably know what I'm talking about because here's this very specific instance of them saying some really stupid shit. Uh, have a great day. Bye. Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm doing on TikTok. So if you're interested in that, you can follow me. I tweet a lot. My, my brothers literally made fun of me at, in their best man speeches uh about how much i use twitter <laughs> my wife in her vows is like was listing all, all all my nicknames and then she goes into about seven wrestlers on twitter you're also known as blocked <laughs> <laughs> a story for another day but i, uh, I, also, well, I, I used to be back. A, little, a little too trolly not trolly but like i would basically criticize when like shitty wrestling stories happen and then or like people did things that didn't make logical sense in wrestling storylines, which is far too often, and they would block me on Twitter. And I'm like, whatever. It's yeah, like wrestlers are very sensitive sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think uh, JBL, HBK, and oh. Jerry Lawler all blocked me. Oh, yeah. Usos for some reason. Lana, aka CJ Perry. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about else. They actively it's, had to. <laughs> they spent the time got for this married. one person. Oh, yeah, yeah Seamus blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, funny. so, you know, I'm, I'm active on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. They're all just the true age man. There's no spaces. There's no underscores. But wait, wait. Before you go, though, wait, yeah. I, I have to hear. Do you, do you have a weird story from New Paltz? Was there anything ever weird happened to you? Like, that? that's a cool place. Did you Did you enjoy your time there? Yeah, I mean, I love New Paltz. Whenever I go back, it's a blast. Like, I took Olivia up for our five-year anniversary, and she had never been, but I had been where she went to college at University of Michigan. Mm. And, like, we, like, bar hopped and, like, barely spent any money because it's so cheap up there. Yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then, like, yeah, it was just such a weird vibe. And I'm, like, hitting up all my old, like, places I would go to eat. And I, I was in a fraternity in college, so I went to that house to, like, see the guys. And I was, like... Being here makes me feel real fucking old. Because <laughs> you guys were like, like people are starting to be that age where they're like born in the 2000s and they're in college. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I re- like the fact that I can so vividly remember that era. It's like, I'm, I can't come, I can't come hang out anymore. I love you guys. <laughs> I hope everything goes well. But like, like they were telling me like what class number they're up to in the fraternity. And it's so far past the one I was in. I'm just like, Oh, my bones are creaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of like weird stories. Um, huh. Oh, one time. I mean, this was after I uh, graduated, but I went up once for Halloween and I was dressed as Walter White with like the f- bald cap, the fake beard, sunglasses, and the hat, mm-hmm. and like I looked like generally like an older man and I came into the frat house for a Friday party and one of the guys like came up to me and was about to start shooting. I'm like, Oh, Hey man, how's it going? And he's like, Harry, I'm just going to throw you out of this party. Cause you look like a random old. Man. <laughs> 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 why, are you, why are all these young kids? You old man. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing, I, I don't know about weird stuff, but like, my, fir- my freshman year, my friends and I went to a, like a pumpkin patch late at night and stole pumpkins. <laughs> this is a weird experience that I like, barely knew anyone. Or like they're like, yeah, let's go commit <laughs> minor crimes. <laughs> yeah, like, the, peanut. the peanuts did it, so the peanuts can do it. You can do it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was like seventeen years ago at this point. So yeah. I've always got past. time. Always got time for minor crimes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you everyone for listening to uh, Late Night Hump. Uh, again, please follow us everywhere. Watch all the things we're doing. We have a lot of great projects that are gonna be coming out in the next couple of months. And uh, have a great rest of your life. Bye. Oh.